Watch your fingers, kids. We're playing with sharp objects. This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. I am your host, Jay Arnold. In this episode, episode 33, I talk about the tools and techniques I use when building terrain with foam board. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the premier subscription service for audiobooks and other audio entertainment. You can try Audible for free by going to audibletrial.com tvwg. Just for trying Audible, you'll receive an audiobook that is yours to keep even if you cancel. If for some odd reason you don't like the service, you, you may cancel at any time. My audiobook of the episode is Have Space Suit Will Travel by Robert A. Heinlein, a classic of sci-fi from one of the genre's masters. It's a story about a boy in his spacesuit. It's a romp through the solar system with charm, humor, suspense, and some interesting takes on living in space. Check it and many other books out by going to audibletrial.com tvwg. That's audibletrial.com tvwg. I'd also like to point out that Annie Norman of Bad Squiddo Games has launched a Kickstarter for Freya's Wrath, a collection of reasonably dressed shield maidens for your 28mm Dark Ages and Fantasy Shield Wall units. At time of recording, it's already funded and only has 12 days to go, so get on it quick. The link will be in the show notes. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I've got some ideas for a couple different things I want to do with the podcast in 2018, and this is the this is the first example. Um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna I'm not sure if I'm gonna call this uh, tips and tools or hobby hints or something like that, but uh, basically what I'm wanting to do is just kind of talk about the techniques that we use for the modeling and painting aspect of this hobby. And I wanted to concentrate this first episode on building terrain with foam core or foam board. I I have been using foam board for a very long time. Uh, the first time I ever used it I was in a eighth grade shop class and it was called Intro Introduction to Construction. And basically we learned a few basic in, in the in the class, we learned a few basic construction techniques, like how how foundations are poured and stick construction of uh, you know two by four stud walls and putting on drywall and insulating and you know basic real basic concepts of how houses are made. The main project for the for the school year for that class was you would build a model of a home in 148th scale. So basically one one quarter inch equals a foot on the model. And we used foam board to to make the models. And uh, it was very enlightening to me. I, I've like I said, I've been using foam board for a very long time. It's it's a great material and I wanted to talk to you about uh, some of the some of the advantages it has, some of the challenges it has, and also some of the some of the tools that I like to use when I'm working with it. Before you get started with building any terrain, and particularly if you're going to be building a building, uh, a model of a building, I should say, is you gotta you gotta have an idea of what it is you're going to be doing. So, where I almost always start is just I, I have to get an idea 
of what it is I'm building. So that starts with some type of a rough sketch, usually in a notebook of some type. I actually like to buy notebooks that are already or that, that are on graph paper. And I get uh, four squares to the inch, so a quarter inch squares on the graph paper. And that just helps me get an idea of how everything's going to work with the, with the model I'm building. Sometimes I'll sketch out the plan as well as the elevations for what the finished product's going to look like. And of course I'll sketch it much, much smaller in the notebook than the model will actually be when everything is said and done. The, the, the main purpose of that is you, you need to know what and where and how you're going to cut your foam board. There's, a, there's an old adage in construction of measure twice, cut once. And that <laughs> I constantly have to remind myself of that sometimes. Because I, I, I get a little bit cocky. Oh, I've been doing this for years. I'll be fine. And I cut a piece too short. And there's, there's no going back. Uh, <laughs> once it's cut, it's cut. So keep that in mind. I, actually, I did that uh, just the other night uh, when, I was, uh, when I was cutting some foam board for my current project. So keep that in mind. Some of the tools we're going to talk about today... Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the foam board itself. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the some of the tools you can use to to cut it, um, and then adhesives. And then we're also going to talk about uh, some printable textures that you can download and print on your home printer, or take them take them somewhere like Kinkos to have to have printed, so you can make your project look super nice in a in a jiffy. Now you might hear the term foam board or foam core. Uh, foam core is actually a brand name uh, that was the brand name that Monsanto uh, used to describe their new product that they introduced in 1957. If you're not familiar with foam board already, it's it's basically two pieces of paper with what's called an open cell extruded foam in the interior. So it's like a sandwich. Imagine the paper is just two pieces of bread and then the foam on the inside is whatever you like to have in a sandwich. One of the neat things about foam board these days is that it's available in various colors, uh, both the paper and the foam. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of getting, if I can get it, uh, black on black foam board. Uh, it, it makes for a striking model. Uh, white and white are the most common colors though. Uh, I have used some uh, tan and khaki uh, paper foam board before uh, for bases. I, I did a Commands and Colors Ancients project where I cut the bases out of uh, tan and khaki uh, foam board and then I used uh, paper stand-ups for the for the troops uh, those were that were scaled to six millimeter and that worked out pretty well. Uh, you could you could tell at a glance actually I take that back it was tan and gray wasn't it? I, I used the uh, basically the colors of the blocks from the original Commands and Colors ancient set. Uh, gray for the Romans and tan for the Carthaginians. And, and it worked out really nicely. Your various colors are going to be usually more expensive than the white on white. I suspect that's probably more a function of... that probably has more to do with economies of scale. I would, I would guess that white, uh, white foam with white paper is the most common because that's what's, you know, that's probably the highest demand. And so, also, you're going to have uh, an easy time finding the white on white. 
It's also available in various thicknesses. Um, five millimeter or three sixteenths of an inch is the most commonly available, but it goes all the way down to one eighth of an inch thick, or roughly three millimeters, um, all the way up to three quarters of an inch, about 18 to 20 millimeters, and everything in between. Most of your art supply stores, your Hobby Lobby, Michaels, Joanne Fabrics, most of those places are gonna have a variety of thicknesses, uh, especially if they sell uh, framing materials. Uh, foam board is often used as a as a framing or photographic backer uh, for uh, display purposes or presentation. Now a couple of pros for using foam cord uh, or foam board. Like I said, it's easily available in the United States. Um, even the smaller Walmarts have it. The the Walmart closest to me in Pittsfield, uh, I was there just today doing a little bit of research and picking some stuff up for the family, and they had they had Elmer's brand foam board there, a 20 by 30 sheet, and less than 20, you know, less than two dollars. A 20 by 30 sheet, less than two dollars. In, in fact, it was a I think it was a dollar seventy seven a sheet. You know, that's you know, you're getting four square feet of foam board for less than two bucks. That's a pretty good value as far as model construction materials are, are concerned. You're gonna have a hard time finding anything cheaper to be honest with you. A couple of cons of the material without getting into real complicated tricky cutting you're generally limited to simple angles. Uh, you're talking 90 degree angles be, of course be the most common. Uh, if you've got the right type of cutter and we'll d discuss uh, cutting implements here in a little bit uh, you might be able to do a 45 degree angle uh, with with some degree of precision. Um, the paper that is the exterior of the foam board, it tends to warp easily even with a minor amount of moisture which can be tricky when you're one, if you want to uh, paint the model when you're done. Uh, so that that requires some some careful handling. Also storage of your models, if, if it's going to be like in a basement or something, you might need to take some precautions to keep the models from warping. Now, my favored, my preferred brand of craft or hobby knife is Exacto. Um, it's it's the classic, it's the classic knife, and it it works every time. You can get them just about anywhere. And I, I did just a touch of research. They were uh, the original knife was invented in the 1930s by a man named Sundel Doniger or Doniger. He was a Jewish Polish immigrant to the United States, and he had originally planned to sell it as a medical supply as a scalpel but it wasn't accepted because it was deemed too hard to clean or actually not even possible to to clean his brother-in-law suggested that, however that it might be useful as a craft tool and that's how we got to have exacto knives now other craft knives are available and often work in a similar fashion to the original exacto uh, I know the snap blade craft knives are popular as well, and those are the types that have a retractable blade that retract back into the handle, and then as the section you're using dulls, you snap the end off, discard it, discard it in a safe manner, and then you've got, you know, you expose more blades, so you've got the sharp edge, uh, sharp edge available. Getting back to the Exacto brand knives, though, the standard. The standard handle is called a number one handle, and that's what you're going to find most often. Uh, there, are, there are variations on that. Some have rubber grips, some have uh, triangular grips to them. Uh, the standard blade that comes with most X-Acto knives right out of the factory is a number 11 blade, and it's a good general use blade. 
Uh, there's a number 14 blade that has a slightly steeper angle and is cut and has a cutout on it. I recommend that for cutting paper due to its shallower cutting angle, but the number 11 is perfect for cutting 3/16 foam board. Now for X-Acto knives, uh, if you've done any type of hobbying already, uh, you should be familiar with X-Acto knives by now. They're like I said earlier, they're available just about everywhere. Uh, if you go, you know, even supermarkets, if they have even a little bit of a school supply department, they might have X-Acto knives. They're pretty cheap. Uh, you can get a handle with, you know, a little packet of three or four number 11 blades for less than four bucks. Uh, the blades themselves can be super cheap when you buy them in bulk. Uh, I keep an eye out for the bulk blades that come in a little plastic dispenser that's spring-loaded, so you take one blade out, another one moves up to take its place, and it even has a little slotted receptacle in the in the uh, in the package uh, to put your spent blades in uh, safely. Uh, one of the cons with X-Acto knives, and I don't know if you have this same issue as I do, but in my life I have probably bought a dozen X-Acto knives and I can never find one when I need one. If you've had that same problem, you know, let me know. I'd like to hear it. Uh, but X-Acto knives are great. I you use them for everything. You use them, use them for assembling your plastic and metal figures. Uh, use them for making terrain. Use them for cutting out cards. Use them for cutting just about anything that needs cut. You know, if you're really lucky and you get a package in, you know, of course it's going to be secured with tape. Hey, get an X-Acto knife out. Get get that dude open. Uh, you're definitely going to want to use some type of a straight edge to guide your cutting. If you can imagine a material or price or size that a straight edge might come in, it's it's available. So my preference is a metal straight edge that lies flat on the surface. I've got a ruler that I've had for, well I know for a fact that I've had it since I was on active duty at Fort Bragg and that was back, I probably bought it in 90, late 94, 1994-95. So it's been with me for a good while. It's, it's seen, I don't know how many different projects and it and just keeps on trucking. I actually have a couple of different straight edges that I use for various uh, purposes. I have a real small, it's about a six inch long, uh, about half inch wide metal ruler that I use for when I'm sketching, when I'm uh, drawing designs in, on graph paper. I go ahead and use a straight edge for that work also so everything looks neat. A, uh, a T-square is handy as well. Um, this is a T-square is just a, a carpentry tool that's used to make sure that angles are nice and square. It's critical in construction and it's also critical in our model building. I have a couple of T-squares I might use from time to time. Uh, one of the good things about a T-square is it's got a, metal, it's got a metal ruler, a straight edge, built into it. Now another tool that's more of a specialist tool that I use is called a Logan Adapter Rule and they come in various sizes. They're originally designed for use in cutting mat board for framing projects. The one I've got is 24 inches long, and the adapter rule is neat because it has a it's milled out of aluminum and has a has a channel built into it that you can fit a number of different cutting tools into that Logan also makes. They have a, a straight cutter, which is exactly what it sounds like. It it cuts a 
it uses a blade and it cuts whatever material you, you want to cut right down the straight edge perfectly perpendicular to the to the surface that you're cutting it's really really handy and I'll talk more about why here in a minute uh, Logan makes a variety of different tools you'll I'll go ahead and put a link to them in the in the show notes so you can see the variety of tools they have for cutting foam board because it's it's pretty impressive I haven't really gotten into the depths of what they offer you know mainly because my 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 wallet won't allow it and I'm not sure I can really get away with a hundred dollars worth of foam board cutting tools in one go that being said when it comes to marking your projects or designing your projects I like to use a mechanical pencil you know the point always stays the same diameter it doesn't change like a you know traditional wooden pencil might uh, I happen to like a 0.5 millimeter pencil if you can get one uh, they're just a little bit more precise the more common size of the 0.7 millimeter uh, it doesn't sound like it's a big difference but in my experience it, it can it can mean a, a big difference unfortunately a lot of those mechanical pencils have very small erasers so you might need an extra eraser on hand but luckily you can you can buy them in the same place one thing I like to use mechanical pencils for also is you know if you've got to do a little bit of math you know if you're figuring out what length of a piece of foam board you need hey just write your math out on a on a scrap of foam board or even on the piece that you're about to cut it's real handy that way so for cutting techniques um, one, two, three. That's that's your basic guide for using an exacto knife on on cutting your foam board. Your first cut scores the top paper. The second cut goes through the foam, and then your third cut goes through the bottom paper. It's really just that simple. You don't want to try to force it. You don't want to try to go through. You don't want to try to go through it in one go. If you're using too much force, and this this sounds counterintuitive, but believe me you can actually rip the foam board by doing that and I've done it plenty of times so you gotta be you gotta be really careful when you do that so that's why that's why I recommend the one two three technique that was a technique that I learned long ago in Mr. Scudder's intro to construction class you definitely want a cutting mat you don't want to start taking an exacto knife to your to your dining room table scoring it all up just just to be on the safe side in addition to that, you might also want what's called a slip sheet. Now, a slip sheet is just a, a, another piece of foam board that you have underneath it. Uh, so you have what you're cutting, then you've got your slip sheet, and then you've got a cutting mat under that just to be 100% safe. You really want to be careful when you're doing this. Any time that you work with a sharp object, a sharp tool, you got to be super careful with what you're doing because it's very easy to get yourself very hurt very quickly. The first rule of knife safety is don't cut towards your own body. Now a lot of the cutting techniques that I'm going to talk about use a drawing motion. They use a, you know, you, you are pulling the tool, but you don't have to pull directly towards yourself. You can sit or stand off to the side of the direction that you're cutting, uh, for example. Avoid injuring yourself that way. Of course you also want to make sure that you don't have anybody nearby or right by you when you're cutting. I like to hobby with my kids, but I've got to constantly be on the lookout to make sure that they're not getting in the way and getting them, you know, getting themselves in a position to be hurt accidentally. So you got to be careful for that. I remember a story that uh, my high school graphic arts teacher told me, or actually told us when he was talking about shop safety. He was 
he had asked one of his students in a previous class where something was, and this is while the the student was cutting on something. I think it was a I think it was gel medium for making a print screen. And the student stood up and pointed with the with an exacto knife, and Mr. Reynolds was just a little too close and got the exacto blade in <laughs> in his chest. So obviously not deep enough to kill him because he was he still lived to tell the tale. But he, obviously he was sensitive to that possibility and made sure to warn us not to repeat that same mistake. It can happen. Uh, I guess in an extreme case, an exacto knife could maybe not cut off a finger, but you could cut off a chunk of a finger pretty easily, uh, especially on you know the tip of your finger. You know, you could slice quite a bit of meat off without it taking much time because exacto blades are are super sharp. Bear in mind that they do get dull though, so you want to make sure you're using a sharp blade. Uh, most accidents with cutting tools occur with dull blades, and that's because when the dull bl when the blade dulls, it takes additional effort to move it through the material, and when you apply it additional effort when it when it goes it's gonna go and you may not be able to control it so be super careful there uh, use a sharp blade uh, first project if you haven't used one before you're not gonna go through all three or four blades you get in that first pack with your first handle I'm not gonna say switch them out frequently but just be aware when it starts when it starts taking some effort to cut through what you're cutting even the little bit of you know a little bit extra effort yeah, just just take the time. It only takes 30 seconds to switch out a blade, switch out the blade, dispose of it properly, and you know continue continue working. An exception to that one-two-three rule that I mentioned a second ago is with the Logan straight cutter that connects to the adapter rule system. You can get through your material in one go with one of those, and it's it's a very it's a it's a longer cutting surface, so it's got a shallower angle of cut. So it cuts more efficiently than the than the number 11 blade does. And it's got a nice big ergonomic handle that you can just pull right down the side of that adapter rule and really apply some force and really get, really get a, a nice clean cut with it. Now as far as joins are concerned, uh, where you, you know, where you're going to have corners. Uh, there's a couple of different options available. The first one is just called a butt cut, and what that is, is or a butt join, and what that is is you just cut it right where it's going to meet, where one piece is going to intersect with another, and that's it. That's okay, but the problem with that is it might not give the strongest join once you glue it in place. It can be done. It, it tends to be a little ugly, though. You might be using a printed texture to go over, you know, to, to glue on top of your of your walls, and that'll that will definitely help things out in that department, kind of cover up those types of blemishes. But there are there are other options available. Uh, you could do what's called a miter cut, which means you you cut a four, you cut the end at a forty five degree angle. So when you put the two pieces together, they join. Two forty fives make a ninety. Uh, there are angle cutters available. Exacto used to make an, uh, a foam board cutter that you could set to cut diagonal or to cut uh, a 90 degree angle. And I've got one. It's a, it's a great tool. I recently got some new blades for it. So I'm, I'm going to be using it again. Measuring exactly where you need to cut can be a little tricky with them. Uh, so it if you're if you're using any type of 
or if you need to build your project with any type of speed, you might want to uh, hold off on it because it does take a little bit of getting used to. Uh, Logan also makes an angle cutter. And again, a 45 degree angle like that is not something that you just want to wing with an exacto. I would definitely recommend getting a dedicated angle cutting tool for, for that type of work. You can also do what's called a tongue and groove cut. And what that is is you basically cut a channel out. Uh, normally you're going to use this on a on like a, where a where a wall butts into another in the middle of the wall. So like a T, it'd be like a T intersection. You're basically making a T with two different pieces of foam board. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You cut a groove out of the foam board. Basically you remove the top layer of paper, the foam, and then you leave the bottom layer of paper. And you cut your groove to width of the foam board and then you just slot it in place. Uh, those make super strong joints because you have uh, three surfaces to glue. And when you've got three surfaces to glue like that, you've got a lot of contact area and it, it can make for a really strong joint. Kind of a, an offshoot of that is called a rabbit cut and that's not like the little cute bunny rabbit, it's spelled R-A-B-B-E-T. And basically what you're doing is the same thing as as the tongue and groove except you you're exposing the the groove on one side so imagine you've got a piece of foam board you cut away the the very end except for the paper except for the bottom layer of paper for your 3 sixteenths so you have basically like an L shape and then you go ahead and butt the other piece in at a 90 degree angle and if everything's cut right then it's no problem to go ahead and glue that in place and you've got a nice strong 90 degree angle right there and the paper covers up the the exposed foam on the end of, of the of the other wall uh, I use I use the rabbit cuts a lot on my corners and it's it's awfully easy it's a heck of a lot easier than doing a miter cut I can tell you that and you get a nice strong join out of it and it just works really really well with that in mind, let's go ahead and talk about some adhesives uh, you might use on this type of project. White glue or PVA is going to be your best bet for general construction. You want to use it sparingly though. A little bit does go a long way uh, because like I said, the, the paper does tend to warp if it's, if it's exposed to too much moisture and you can really get yourself into trouble if you use too much glue. Some of the glue will get soaked up into the foam not a lot though, and, it, and like I said, it doesn't take much. Other types of glue, such as super glue or CA type glues, um, they have a tendency to, to dissolve the foam, and when you dissolve the foam like that, it, it might give off noxious odors and vapors and generally be hazardous to your health and, <laughs> and to the health of the others in your, in your home. So you definitely want to avoid that type of glue. Um, you know, White glue PVA, it's it's available just about anywhere, and it's about just about the cheapest building material you can get for these types of projects. I have used, or I have talked in the past about a Loctite Power Grab, and I have used it on this type of project, and it works fine. It works great. Um, I used it. Um, I'll see about getting some links up to some of some of my photos uh, on my on one of my blogs, and I, I'm not sure exactly which one it's on right now, so I'll have to go back and take a look. And uh, 
the uh, shuttle bay that I've built, the control room for it was put together with uh, illustration board instead of foam board because I wanted a thinner wall. I glued it together primarily with that power grab. So it's definitely it's definitely an option. When you do have joints like your corners or you've got those T-intersections on your tongue and groove assemblies, I use dressmaking pins, the type with the little round ball on top. I use those to pin everything together. Uh, it makes it nice and secure you actually get somewhat of a clamp effect from them if you if you pin it right. I'll normally do two pins going in one direction, you know, for example, going through that rabbit cut that I mentioned, the paper of the rabbit cut into the end of the wall that's joining there, and then I'll have two pins going in a 90 degree angle through that wall into the end of the other wall. Um, so that that's an option there also. On this space station project that I'm doing, the modules are are based on foam board also. So I'm able to pin through the floor into the wall as well, and that that helps me keep everything aligned. Because some of these walls that I'm cutting are, you know, they're 22 inches long, and like I said, it it sometimes can warp. Well, you fix the warp by pinning everything in place so it's nice and straight and uh, you, you can get everything nice and straight and plumb and square that way. So speaking of keeping everything plumb and square, sometimes you might want to build a jig for yourself to keep everything nice and straight. The Just about the perfect material for this are Lego bricks. And you can build yourself up a, a nice little jig using a, oh, like a 6x4 plate or even a 6x8 plate, and then you just make at right angles you just build up a little little Lego wall and that'll go on the inside of your join on the inside of your corner and you might make one for the outside of the corner also and just clamp it in place with uh, some binder clips you know the butterfly binder clips a word of warning so that you don't glue your jig to your project uh, you're gonna wanna line everything with wax paper you might the glue might stick to the wax paper just a little bit but what I've noticed is that when you pull it up it might pull just a little bit of the wax off but you can normally just kinda of, if you're real careful just kinda of scrape it off with with your exacto and and you can't even tell that it was ever there sometimes you get yourself in a position where your foam board base is starting to warp and it's not wanting to join up with your walls so easily and you might have to weigh everything down. Uh, I definitely had some pictures recently on the Facebook page and on the Twitter feed where I was using a number of board games to both support the walls I was trying to glue and weigh everything, you know, weigh the foam board down so I can get a nice, nice strong bond. And everything was all nice and snugged up. So keep in mind you, have, you might have to look on a bookshelf or your... Uh, game shelf to get some uh, to get some objects to, to make that happen as well. Now we talked about PVA or white glue. Uh, glue sticks are also very handy, primarily though in gluing printable textures to the foam board. What I normally do when I'm when I'm building a project like this is I'll print up the textures I want uh, to have in on the model, 
I'll figure out how much I need of everything. I'll go ahead and print everything out in, in one go. Then it's just a matter of matching up the textures with, with the wall section that's, that's going to be put together. So, for example, uh, my most recent photos on Twitter showed the base of the, of the module, and I printed out all the textures I wanted for the flooring for the, for the different sections on that module, and I do all the, do all the floor. So the floor is done before I, I cut any wall sections. I go ahead and start, you know, go for my drawing and figure out how long I want the, the walls to be, the individual walls, and I go ahead and cut all those to length. Now at the same time, on my, on my plan, I'm also writing, you know, I'm, I'm identifying the different walls. This is wall A, this is wall B, C, D, etc. And as I'm cutting, I'm also labeling with a mechanical pencil the wall section. Now, I should back up just a little bit because I got ahead of myself in, in my process here. Where that Logan adapter rule comes in really handy is that it's exactly two inches wide. What that allows me to do is I line up the adapter rule on one edge of the foam board and then basically I put the straight cutter down, draw it down once, and that's a perfectly perfectly square two inch strip that I can use for walls. I move the adapter rule down to the, to the new cut, to the new edge, put the cutter on it, bring it down, and I just keep doing that. And it takes me about, eh, if I'm taking my time, about five minutes to get through an entire 20 by 30 uh, sheet of foam board, and I've got 15 strips of foam board ready to go, ready to build models with. Now all I gotta do is cut them to length, and, and I'm set. Once I've got them cut to length, I go ahead and cut out the textures for the walls that I want, uh, both interior and interior to the wall. I'll use a glue stick to glue the, the texture to the wall. Now normally what I'll do is I'll leave, if there's any doors or windows on the texture, I'll leave those in place rather than cut the, the doorway out of the texture or the window out of the texture because when I'm ready to cut the door or window out of the wall itself, you know, I'm saving myself those cuts. There's no need to, to cut the windows and doors out because I'm going to cut them out anyway when I cut through the, the foam board. So once I have all the walls cut, it's it's time to begin assembly. Now normally what I'll do is I will go ahead and get get my long walls set first, and then I'll go for the shorter walls. Normally what I'll do is I'll do one long wall, one long exterior wall, and then one short wall, get everything pinned up, get everything squared up, and then I'll normally do the other short wall on the exterior, make sure everything is is all squared and all ready to go, plumb, and then I'll do that final exterior wall. And once that's pinned and placed and set, then I'll go ahead and start putting the interior walls in. The reason I do those exterior walls first is that really helps get everything square and get get that base flat. That way whenever I'm building you know, anything else I'm adding at that point is onto a flat square foundation and and then I just go from there if you've ever worked in construction for a short time I uh, before college I worked as a roofers assistant and then after college I worked for a flooring company and helped install a few floors and I've installed a floor in my own home if you've ever worked in construction you know anytime you get to a corner or a door things slow down 
and that is true with uh, constructing a model at a foam board so keep that in mind <laughs> when you're designing your your models um, my son wanted to do a, a detention center project uh, for the space station and I thought hey that's a good idea that, that'll you know those are handy for as a plot device or as a starting as a starting point for characters you know detention center sounds great so I made two drawings one with three by three three inch by three inch cells and the other one with two inch by two inch cells and I started comparing and there was going to be a lot of <laughs> a lot of cutting on those two by two cells you know just the doors and all the walls and everything so I've backed off of the two by two and we're going with three by three cells so I think that's going to work out just fine thank you very much in fact by the time all is said and done they might end up being three by six cells basically that's all there is to it um, when you're using these textures like this uh, it's it's super easy uh, the decorations already done it doesn't involve a whole lot of real masterful modeling to say the least but you're getting you're getting functioning terrain built and that's that's what matters that's that's the whole that's the whole point you might be asking yourself where can a guy or gal get textures like this uh, well products I'm using were made by a company called World Works Games and again the URL will be in the show notes they were making a whole bunch of really neat paper terrain up until I want to say about 2014 and then they just abruptly stopped I'm not sure why they stopped I didn't follow them that closely but their website is still up and the e-commerce portion still works and they've they've got everything everything there is at a very reasonable rate and you down you pay for it you download it and you print as much as you want as you need it and it's it's really nicely done uh, texture sets and they've got texture sets for uh, fantasy uh, you know slash historical you know they've got castles and inns and all sorts of buildings like that both interiors and exteriors city city sewer systems and catacombs and cave systems uh, for your fantasy dungeon crawls uh, they've got a couple of different science fiction sets uh, the one I'm using primarily uh, for for this project, or the two I should say primarily, are uh, called First Light, which is basically a, a model of a of a freighter ship. But I'm using all the floors and wall textures from that. And then they had another one called First Light Retrofit, which I'm also using a number of textures from for for the space station project. They're just really nicely done. Uh, they've got some some of their later sets had some interesting uh, design principles that would allow you to basically make modular interchangeable structures on the fly for example while you're while you're running a, a role-playing game so very neat stuff something to keep in mind just like anywhere else in the hobby if if you're not spending a lot of money you're probably spending a lot of time and that's that's what this is you are going to be spending a lot of time with these projects but it makes a very nice it makes a very nice product and it you know it doesn't cost a lot of money so keep that in mind I'm sure there are other companies out there besides WorldWorks games that make these pre-done uh, texture sets like this uh, I'm not immediately aware of them but I'm you know I'll go ahead and take a look out there and see what I can find 
and if I find something I'll go ahead and include in the show notes as well. You can also find complete building sets. Um, paper models are a great source uh, for this type of thing. One, one example, you know, for your Mad Dogs with Guns games, uh, to keep in mind, there's a outfit here in Illinois that did a bunch of paper models of actual buildings in Illinois that are scaled to HO, HO scale. So 187th, and with a little bit of fiddling with your printer settings, you know, either either uh, uh, reducing or expanding, you could you can make them just about any size you want. Again, that's the beauty of you know the computers we use and the printers we use, and they are actual models of actual buildings here in Illinois. And so if you're doing a, a Mad Dogs with Guns game or, you know, or gangster game, uh, that'd be a handy handy way to go. I'll, again, I'll have the, the link in the show notes for, for, uh, for that site as well. And with foam board, all you got to do is you print the texture out and you slap it on the foam board. You, you know, glue it on with, with a glue stick and that's that's all you got to do. I and again, I, I definitely would recommend a glue stick over using white glue uh, because of the warping issue. Uh, you don't want to use too much of the of the white glue. But glue sticks you can use all day. You don't have to use a lot. And you glue the texture onto the foam board. You cut it out where appropriate, and you make sure your joints are going to be. You know, you wrap it out your joints and get them butted up all nice and snug to each to each other. And before you know it, you've got a you've got a functional building model and it didn't take a whole lot of time and it didn't take a whole lot of money. Um, there are tons and tons and tons of free to download uh, paper model building sets out there. You can mix you know you can mix your materials quite easily uh, for a roof for example I've used uh, I built a medieval building uh, just a little one-story hovel might have a little bit of a loft to it and yeah, I've used foam core for the or foam board for the for the walls, and then I used you know a cereal box for for the roof. And I just glued you know I cut the cut out the side of the cereal box, glued the glued the texture the roof texture onto it, and that's that's all there was to it. You know, pretty simple, pretty easy. I I hope that this brief introduction to the topic, you know, because there's a lot more to to be said about. Uh, making your own scale models of buildings, but I, I hope that you know this. You know, some I might call it brief, but some people probably think I'm going on and on and on. I hope I've inspired you to maybe take a look at foam board if you haven't already. Uh, it's a very handy material. Uh, it's got a ton of uses, even if you don't use. You know, even if you don't use it for building buildings for your for your games. Uh, you know, it's got plenty of other uses. Uh, like I said, I've used it for making bases for games. It's cheap. It's plentiful. You know, you can get it. Like I said, you can just you can just about get it anywhere. You know, if you're real crafty and you've got a and you know someone who runs a a frame shop, you know, maybe they've got some offcuts that they can't use. You know, maybe you can get them even cheaper that way because freeze about as cheap as it gets. No, just a little bit of patience, a little bit of work. You know, refining your technique. And uh, it's it's not difficult at all. It just takes some effort. And I really enjoy building models in this way. I it's it's the one part of you know building terrain. I've I mentioned in the past building terrains where my 
preference lies as far as you know the hobbying aspect or the craft aspect of of this greater hobby really lies i'm not a huge fan of painting i do it because it has to be done but i really do truly enjoy uh building model buildings like this so if you haven't already like i said give it a try um start with a small project you know one of those one of those online free buildings is a great place to start and you know hey spend two bucks on a sheet of foam board Get yourself some exacto knives and a little bit of white glue and some dressmaking pins and see what happens. So, if you have any questions or concerns or need some need some tip, some further tips and tricks on how to work with foam board, let me know. You know, hit me up on the email, hit me up on the Twitter or Facebook or on the blog. I'll be happy to take this discussion further. As always, if the war game and you're having isn't any fun. You make it fun. That is all. The Veteran War Gamer is copyright J. Arnold 2018. Music courtesy of bensound.com. Please leave a positive review on iTunes.